3: for breakfast right here on gmfb presented by old trapper beef jerky we're live in new york city tuesday november 30th a new team is in the nfc playoff picture we'll get to it my name's kay we got peter schrager kyle brant super world champion michael robinson to tell us what went down between the washington football team and the seal
4: russ says we're in a storm right now and that thing Mm. surges to the nation's capital baila heineke have a day conservative 223 and a touchdown a 17-15 win for Washington that is very much alive in the NFC playoff push but let's go to the other side of things Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson after a nationally televised loss again for Seattle the
5: results just aren't coming man we can't we can't get these games won and
3: um, you
5: know what uh, I'm not accepting it and uh, I'm not taking the sideways step I'm not stepping anywhere but forward and we're going to keep driving to get the very next chance we get and go get a win and get going and uh, I don't expect these, these guys at any time to do anything but that I going to keep just stepping forward and keep moving and uh, battle our way through it It's it's been really frustrating obviously and, and uh, but um, you know just not accepting we're just going to keep going
6: I think um, from a player standpoint I mean we just day in and day out uh, we work our butts off um, offensive side, defensive side, special teams. Um, and we're, we're in a storm, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that we have to keep going. And uh, the only way to get to the other side is just believing that the water's going to calm down a little bit. And uh, we'll be able to
0: get through it.
3: Seahawks have been left in the dust by the rest of this competitive NFC West. Mm-hmm. Three and eight. Three and eight. That's so weird. They're six games back from the Cardinals. In the NFC, they're the 15 seed. They're ahead of only the winless lions. So disappointing isn't the word, M. Rob. You've had all night. All season and a couple hours this morning to sort of chew on this. You said that they're part of, they're headed towards separation, divorce, change at the very least. Uh, what does the future hold for Russell Wilson and company?
7: Yeah, uh, let, let, let's set the scene a little bit. I mean, this past offseason, you get your franchise quarterback and Russell Wilson. Uh, without being prompted, he just goes out there and says teams that he would like to play for. Not saying I want to be traded, but if I was traded, these are the teams I want to sure. go to. Right. So you set that scene. You talk about how you wanted to be involved in, you know, player acquisition, bringing players in. You want to be in the decision making process, all of these things. And then you come in this season as the leader of this team and you don't play well. Then you get hurt and you come back too fast and the team still isn't playing well. I think it can't be overstated when your franchise quarterback makes a statement like that in the offseason as the leader of a team. Yeah, the, the guys in the locker room going to look at you a little funny. They're going to look at you, oh, so you don't believe in us. How, why are you here then? Like, if I was in that locker room, those would be the questions I'd be asking my franchise quarterback. Number one. Number two, I, I do think he came back too early. They wanted to talk about him being a great healer and, 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 and challenging his body to get back. Let's just be honest. Russell Wilson is not healthy right now. The finger is, 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 is um, affecting his accuracy. Right. And being the quarterback, you have to be accurate throwing the football. So I don't see a scenario where Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson both come back mm-hmm. to the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't see it. And, and I, you know, I, I think Russell and his wife would like to be in another city where, you know, maybe her, you know, her businesses can can get going and mm-hmm. her career can get going um, as well. But uh I I, j- I can't see them back in this building. I can't see Russell Wilson and Pete Kerr together. It's
5: mm. powerful stuff coming from you, a former Seahawks legend and a Super Bowl winner at the team who was with both those guys. Yeah. Can is a toothpaste out of the tube. You know that market. You know that like once he said that, is it all sure or can you pull it back in and maybe find a way to reconcile?
7: I think it's a lot to do, man. I mean, I'm just talking to talking to people on Twitter, talking to a lot of the fans who, lo- I mean, they love the Seattle Seahawks, right? At the end of the day, everybody that I'm talking to online is just like, you got to press reset. It, mm-hmm. It's time, mm-hmm. right? How about you just get something for Russell so that you just not, you know, so that you don't have any of your bear in the cupboard at the quarterback position? I think while he's under contract, you got to get something back for him. I, and I can't see, and I know we talked about this earlier, Peter, and I can't see. John Snyder in that building without Pete Carroll is just a whole weird dynamic. And you talked about their contracts being, you know, still going for another five years. That's a tough, Mm -hmm. it's it's just going to be a messy offseason for my old team.
5: It's going to be an interesting team to watch. Um, Pete Carroll is under contract through 2025. He's 70 years old. John Schneider last playoffs, signed a five-year extension on an extension he already had. So he's there. Until 2027. So, look, these contracts, the, the, these are billionaire owners. They could say, okay, well, fine. Yeah. Pete's gone. We'll eat the cost, and that's sure. what it is. But they also don't love losing money, and to be wrapped up with a GM and a coach for the next seven years is is a lot. Russell, his contract's a little different. question is, can you trade Russell Wills? Like, right. not, not can you get something for him. You can get a lot for him. Sure. Can you be the GM? John Schneider, who's won a Super Bowl with Russell. Can you be the guy to say... I'm the one who traded Russell Wilson from Seattle, maybe the most beloved Seahawk of all time, the only Seahawks quarterback to win a Super Bowl. He's got the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing. Last offseason aside, like, can the Seahawks actually trade Russell Wilson? Because that's what it's going to have to take. They're not going to cut him, and mm-hmm. it's going to have to deal with either him being holding out, being unhappy, or the Seahawks actively saying, it is time to press that button. The issue here with the Seahawks in the near future they're not lush with picks. Nope. Usually when you lose, it's like, all right, at least we have a first round pick. Look at the top 10 picks right now in the draft if it were to be tomorrow. That 5-1, the Jamal Adams trade, the Seahawks gave up their first round pick, which actually ended up being the Jets pick last year and this year's first round pick. So like, you can't, you're not really taking a quarterback in the first round. You don't have a pick. So it's it's almost just like, fire the coordinators. Okay, they fire the coordinators every year. It's not only like, it. There has to be a major change. Or we're just going to say this was a wash year. Russell was injured. We need to go at it one more time. Let's bring the band back together. I'm just not sure. Should I ask you if the toothpaste is already out of the tube and it's like, hey, the damage is done. Let's put a wrap on this and let's start a new era of Seahawks. Quickly,
3: football. what's the market for him? Like teams will like one. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I think I, I think teams would be lining up knocking down doors to get Russell Wilson, probably two first-round picks. Two if Matt Stafford rounders. can get two first-round picks, I think Russell could maybe get two, maybe even wow. three first-round
4: picks. It always, this seems always happen with Seattle. Griffey, Sean Kemp, Randy it's Johnson, true. A-Rod, like those guys leave. It's, it's heartbreaking, but if, if this isn't going to become a, a Pete or Russ thing, like that is not a thing. Like Pete has to go. It, you can't trade Russell Wilson, it, it, and you just don't see it. Like find me the time a hall of fame superstar quarterback is traded in his prime recent examples. So look at Rodgers, wild circumstances, massive media stuff, very personal still didn't happen. Deshaun Watson, wild circumstances, very personal, they still wouldn't do it. They still w- you can't as a GM as an owner be like, "Yes, press the red nuclear button and trade I'm Russell Wilson." Of, I'm trying to think of any Well, Matt Stafford got traded, okay? But a little bit different, Mm. and, you know, they got a quarterback back. So I would say the same thing to Seattle. Like, it's as ludicrous as it is to trade Russell Wilson. Still, there is no plan B. There is no draft pick coming. But Kyle, I I hear you on that. What do you think?
7: But do you sit and continue to play this type of football? You owe it to those 12s out there to, to compete. Even John Snyder, you owe it to the NP You owe it to this fan base to compete. And competing uh, at the general manager job is looking at your team, understanding the right pieces and the wrong pieces, getting the wrong pieces out of there, getting uh, right compensation for those pieces. That's how you compete at the general manager level. So I would I would just push back a little bit and just say, yeah, you don't usually see Hall, you know Hall of Fame superstar quarterbacks
4: being traded. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the front office has to compete. Two te- two, two types of teams. Out of thir- that's it. Mm-hmm. We got a great quarterback, and yep. we don't. <laughs> I think those twelves this morning are would be terrified of the prospect of losing Russell Wilson. I think that'd be apoplectic for them. That is their whole existence. That he is the whole franchise. They keep Pete, or they whatever they want to do with Pete. Russ is gone. We don't. We're in the we're into the upside down. He's the franchise. You can't. It is peculiar and as eccentric as he can be and as up and down as his play is right now like he's the but man when Seattle was at it's best yeah okay winning championships yeah always in the
7: playoffs right what was the identity of this team defense, defense and running running. Defense and <laughs> running the football yeah
4: Okay. But Russ made some plays too, and Russ is very highly paid now. This is why it's tough; they can't run that back.
3: The <laughs> thing is, it's is it up to Russ? Like, yeah. How much of it's up to Russ Shriggs? Because if you're Russ and you're already disgruntled last year, if I'm looking at, when I'm making a decision to come back to a job to pick up an option to re to do another contract, even if things aren't good now, I'm thinking to myself, what are they going to offer me? What's going to be better? What changes are going to be made on the production side or leadership? I don't see it there. They changed. They this whole season it seemed like it was on Shane Waldron. We're gonna. This is the only change they made. They made it two days after they lost in the playoffs. So it was almost like a knee jerk reaction, and it was all on him. And clearly, duh, it has not panned out. So you, I'm, they don't have a first round pick. They don't have cap space. They can't say, well, we'll change the production staff. We'll change what this looks like and make it better. So if he was already disgruntled last year, why would he ever want to come back next year? They can't offer him anything.
7: That's a valid question. That was my whole thing. You don't pick up
3: the option. You don't come back to the job.
7: And you were pissed
4: last year.
3: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, What they would offer him is
4: is a new head coach. I mean, if if that tickles his fancy, if that's what he's into. And I don't know that it is, but that's the only option, and that's very expensive. And he's under
5: under contract, Mm -hmm. so it's...
3: They can't help him out. I love that you brought mm. the point about they're hamstrung completely. They, do don't, do? they can't help him.
5: Find a better wide receiver duo than Lockett and Metcalf. No. Hey, Not tough.
3: wrong. Tom Pelissero joining us now. Uh, Tom, good morning football to you. I hope you're enjoying the hockey Twitter. This is probably uh, on your timeline and in your DMs. Let's check in on a couple injuries. There's big implications in the NFC playoff picture. What is going on with Aaron Rodgers, his toe, and then Dalvin Cook injured as well.
6: Never read the replies, Kay. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers <laughs> did gather additional opinions Monday on his fractured left pinky toe. And at this time, Rodgers does not plan to undergo surgery. Instead, the plan is to rest in rehab over this bye week, and hopefully he'll be feeling better by their next game on December 12th against the Bears. Rodgers has barely practiced in recent weeks because of this injury, which has caused him pain, but he has not missed the start. Elsewhere in the NFC North, Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is expected to miss a little bit of time after dislocating his shoulder during Sunday's loss to the 49ers. This is similar to an injury the Cook had back in 2019. The Vikings held him out for the final two games of the regular season that year. He was back for the playoffs. Anytime that a player dislocates his shoulder, it's a good bet that he also tore his labrum. But as long as there is no bony injury, you can rehab that. You can regain your strength and range of motion, then return to play with a harness as Cook has done for the past couple of years. You can always have surgery if you want to after the season. So this is nothing long term for Cook, but he is not expected to play this week against the Lions. Okay.
3: Thank you so much NFC North update there.
5: Here's the segment. It's called We In or We Out. I say a statement, and then we bat it around the table. You tell us at home whether you're in or you're out. These usually do very well on Twitter because they're polarizing takes. Well, here is one that is an interesting one. The Bengals mm-hmm. on Sunday beat the snot out of their division rival Steelers 41-10. to Take a listen to what Joe Burrow had to say after the win over the mighty Steelers in week 12.
0: Yeah, we're right where we want to be. Uh, you know, we have high aspirations this year you know we can't let up now though i think you know we started out strong and then we kind of skidded a little bit there in the middle of the season and now coming down the stretch i think we're really hitting our stride so we got to keep having great 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 weeks of practice and i think we have the guys that are excited about where we're at but not satisfied
5: all right so here's a first overall pick Mm -hmm. a few years ago but justin herbert won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and then there's all these other guys in that conference. Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals, is quietly having a really good season. But is he first-team All-Pro? Mm. Is he the oh. best in his conference? Okay. Here's the question or the statement: Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC right now. This
4: is fun. <laughs> Go, Peter. Why do we do this?
7: Go, man. Peter. Why do we like to do this? I guess because we're on TV. Uh, to me, it's about uh, which. What do you? What do you like? Right. I don't think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC. I would personally take Josh Allen first. I would Mm. take Patrick Mahomes. After that, I would take Lamar Jackson. And I know people are, you know, saying Lamar Jackson just really figured out how to throw the ball in the National Football League. But that guy's Superman. He's the lead running back uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And he's starting to push the ball downfield. Forget about those four interceptions. But I will tell you this. Joe Burrow is playing with a lot of confidence. And I'm not so sure there's another quarterback in the in the AFC that injects as much confidence into the rest of the guys around wow. him. I will give Joe Burrow that. They play with a little bit of a swag now. I keep remembering this soundbite from earlier in the season when he was talking that stuff like, don't zero blitz me. don't You can't zero me. That's the attitude that I'm saying out of the Cincinnati Bengals. They're fighting now. They're getting after it. That's what I would say. I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in the AFC, but I will say he injects the most confidence in his team. I
3: love Joe Burrow's playing the best in the afc right now i'm gonna say no because, to me, it comes down to consistency. It comes down to wins. It comes down to numbers. And I think it's Mac Jones, which is so kind really? of crazy. Really? I mean, six straight wins. And don't give me this nonsense of the defense carries and the run game carries. They do. No. Well, listen, Joe Burrow had w- wins the past two weeks. He has 338 yards through the air. Mac Jones has 517 yards over his past two wins. Don't tell me that. He went up against a Titans defense that has been nasty of late. And he put up a 300-yard game against them. He's getting it done. He's not trying Turning the ball over, Joe Burrow throws interceptions.
7: Yeah, he got 12 of them. Thanks to me.
3: So nice. there's we're talking about who's playing the best right now. It's Mac Jones. I got to give him credit right now. Right now. Underline, italicized, highlighted, <laughs> circle.
4: Sure, 72 point. I get it. Um, Burrow's just almost there. Right, like, he, he almost. He's like he's almost ready. Um, I have. I have to be out on this. Mahomes threw five touchdown passes the last time we saw him. Oh, then yeah. he went on a bye. And Peter, like, I, I'm way in on your quilted sweatshirt. Yeah. But I, I have, I, I, um, I'm out on Burrow right now. If you were to ask me to invest in a young quarterback in his first three seasons, I'm taking Joe Burrow number one. Mm-hmm. Something that Mike's talking about. He has this cool, I hate using the word swagger because it's so overused, yeah. but he has this ridiculous confidence from how he dresses to how he acts. The only thing I don't like about Burrow is he still thinks he's invincible and he still throws his body all over the place, even after a really bad injury. Uh, he also threw interceptions on three straight plays against the Chicago yeah. Bears. He's still got that little bug in his system that he can work out, you know, <laughs> upgrade the software next yeah. year. It's almost there, Peter, but I have to be out. you I'm take him
3: over Herbert but you were young quarterbacks first two. years? It's a
4: great question, and I think I would. Yes, I would. Uh, Justin Herbert still makes the huge mistake, too. He had a couple bad ones in the last game. You I love know, Herbert. You know what's really interesting? Burrow.
5: You look at that draft. Burrow went one. Tua went 5 Herbert went 6 in the offseason we are like how could you pass on Herbert Dolphins fans might say hey the last month Tua's playing ball Tua's playing better Tua's playing ball so it's interesting how these things work out and we'll be analyzing all three quarterbacks Mm -hmm. for years to come all in the same conference it's a good question it is right. Hockey Twitter came out of the Uh-oh. woodwork uh, do. on Sunday. They love to weigh in on things, and they're weighing in on a few key injuries that were sustained in the NFL in recent weeks. <laughs> this First, is it was Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' toe and letting everyone know that, hey, look, I've got a broken toe. Sean O'Hara had some real thoughts on mm-hmm. all the toe talk, and then Vita Vea got a tooth knocked out. Vita played right through it. Fine. Hockey Twitter came out and said, that's any given day any given game. So here's the statement. And this is for all of our sports fans, not just football. (sighs) Hockey players are tougher than football players. Kyle, are we in or are we out?
4: I'm going to do the two thumbs up. I'm way in. I don't think they're faster or stronger, more athletic, but, man, they're sitting here being like, hold on, somebody gets their tooth knocked out and you have to do a whole segment about it? <laughs> we do a segment when they don't have their tooth knocked out. Classically trained in this. I played college football. I remember there was a moment we were out on the, in, in the bars on a Saturday night and the word got out that one of the hockey players from our university had messed with one of the football players Uh-oh. and it did not go well. Uh, a friend of mine on the football team, who you guys all know, who's very big and was very belligerent at the time, I, he told me about it and I was like, what are you, you going to do something about it are you, is there going to be a problem are you going to and, and he goes hockey players take care of their business. They can police themselves. I'm out on that one. I was like, really? dude, you? You're looking to fight everybody. And he's just like, they take care of their business. I respect it. And at that moment, I knew that he was about this big and the hockey players were tougher.
3: I'm gonna go hockey. I, went, I was all over the map on this question. So yeah. I went from, you know, my experience with hockey is very minimal. It's Bash Brothers from, you know, Mighty Ducks. And then it's me bartending at a bar that closed at three in the morning in St. Louis. And then at three in the morning after the games, these hockey players from the Blues I, that will remain nameless would just come into the Bar and we'd stay open till about six in the morning for mm. them to hang out. And I'd be like, dude, your eyeball is like is,
5: <laughs> hanging out. your
3: eyeballs like hanging out of the, your socket. Like you have like what they had all huge gashes. I'm like, is sure. this Halloween makeup? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. And they would the just be like, oh, and they're fighting over Buck Hunter and Golden Tea still in the corner. Sure. And I'm like, what? I'm listening to Rage Against the Machine. So that's like a level of toughness that I witnessed firsthand, although I'm sure alcohol numbs that kind of stuff or makes yeah. it worse. I don't know. But then I thought about it and I thought. Julian Edelman, Steve Smith, to be these 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", six-foot wide receivers in the slot, Juice Landry, Mm -hmm. who go – and get crushed, knowing what's on the other side and still make those catches anyway. I thought it has to be them, but I think you're both tough. It's equal. Everybody's tough, hockey and football.
7: Well, uh, I'm just going to uh, say football's tougher just because I don't know much about hockey. Mm. It's all good. I had my cousins. They played hockey uh, in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? I was scared of the ice. I was scared of the mm-hmm. blades, scared of all of that stuff. Didn't you play um, Blades of Steel on Nintendo? No, I did not. I, did not? No, I was okay. a duck hunt type of a guy. Hunters
4: are tough. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some people I was say one
5: not. of those
7: types of guys. Damn. El hunter, great! hockey player. I gotta say, football players, just because I've been through it, I know exactly what those guys go through. It's a lot of hitting every single play. Uh, but man, those those damn hockey guys, man, mm-hmm. I, I lost my frontals before. Okay. I can't, I can't, I can't deal mm-hmm, with this. Mm-hmm, no. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gotta go football.
4: He okay. was ever chipped a tooth? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, we were the mouth guard all the time. You know, Vita Vea wasn't wearing a mouth guard. Mike, you weren't wearing a mouth guard in the spring game. <laughs> Peter, the, the bad game. news now Now you're going to incur the wrath of boxing and MMA Twitter oh, who are going to come in out of the dressing room and you're screwed too. Yeah.
5: So <laughs> Just like I wouldn't mess with Ty Domi, Bob Probert, uh, Ally Afraidy, mm-hmm. Ray Cla- Bork, Claude Lemieux. Look out. Claude Lemieux might be the toughest player to ever play. The might game. mess with Hot Mario take. though. Hot take. I will. <laughs> Mario <laughs> Lemieux maybe, but not Claude Lemieux. Um, <laughs> Tom Pellicero is going to be on the show, right? He's, yeah. he's a Minnesota soda guy i'd yeah. be very curious to hear that's hockey country yes what his, it is his it thoughts is. are on this too as well
3: yeah. at gmfb that was a good round are you in are you out
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower
8: And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bop Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenationcom concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Owen oh, Two Door Cinema Club.
5: We now welcome to the show a man who has won three Super Bowls as a vice president of player personnel with the New England Patriots. He's been a general manager elsewhere, and now he is on the NFL network with us. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back Scott P. O. Hey, What's up, Scott? Uh, what's
2: up, Scott? Morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday.
5: Happy Tuesday is right unless you're an L.A. Rams fan as the Rams wake up this morning. They are currently still in the playoff position, but they have lost three straight games. They look out of sorts. And with all of the moves that they've made this season, there clearly were higher aspirations when they made those deals at the trade deadline. So a few weeks ago, we asked you if you are still a believer in this Rams <laughs> team. Two more losses. What do you got to say now?
2: You know, Peter, you asked me right as they were making those changes to their roster. And I said at the time that the jury was out because I wasn't sure what they were going to be as they added those pieces. Since they've added those pieces, meaning OBJ and Von Miller, they're O and three. And we've talked about this before, whereas you can add talent to your team, but your talent has to fit. This is a team game that matters on relationships and chemistry and people doing things together. So right now, they won so many games at the beginning, right? They were 7-1 and one before they acquired these two players and lost the three straight. At 7-1, and one, they're likely going to be a playoff team. They did enough at the beginning of the season. They have a somewhat friendly schedule coming up at the end run. So I do expect them to win or, you know, make the playoffs, possibly win the division. But to me, the bigger issue is I don't see them as a championship football team right now. I see them a team with a lot of star power names but not necessarily a championship football team. So I'm still not sold and all in on the Rams.
4: How about a team in the NFC that has both, Scott? Let's talk about the Buccaneers. You've said this before. Hmm. It doesn't matter if you have Tom Brady. You can't just run the same team out there. You can't just run it back and expect to win a Super Bowl. you got to get better. you got to evolve. When you look at this Bucs team that just had a great win over the Colts, who is a player somewhere in their roster who has made huge Hmm. improvements from last year and could be the difference in this year's team?
2: Kyle, to me, it's Leonard Fournette, right? He's been playoff Lenny. Last year, he was playoff Lenny. He had a better playoff season than he did a regular season. His rookie year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was better in their playoff run up to the AFC championship game than he was in the regular season. But this year, Leonard Fournette is coming along as a better player. He's in the top 15 in the NFL in terms of rushing, but most importantly, what he is, he's number three overall in terms of running backs and the number of receptions that he has. So he's, again, become a really important weapon for Tom Brady and the importance of a running back in the Tom Brady passing game where it enables Tom to drop and dump things off is critical. So what you can see is they've developed chemistry and chemistry with the leader Tom Brady on offense is so important. So to me, Leonard Fournette has been an important part of this offense continuing to move forward where they've had some other issues.
7: Yeah, Scott, I've said uh, Leonard Fournette, I think he's the glue to this offense. He can Mm -hmm. do it all, and he helps this offense be versatile enough to be able to play any game that an opposing defense uh, presents to him. But yesterday we asked what was the most impressive part of the Patriots' resurgence uh, from their Mm 79-2020 season to now. How would you answer that question?
2: Mike Rob, I would say that it's the way that this collection of players from the outside has come together as a team again they brought in a lot of pieces and parts very similar a little bit different but similar to what we did in 2001 where we signed a lot of free agents they brought in a lot of very good players that really didn't have relationships with one another didn't know one another they weren't sure where the leadership was coming from they knew it was going to be mccourty they knew it was going to be hightower they weren't so sure if it was going to be mac jones they knew it was going to be andrews on the offensive line these guys have come together It was interesting, I was up there for several days in training camp this year and watched the team. I saw the talent, I saw the relationship, I saw the guys interacting and I said to myself, "Uh, this might be something pretty interesting to watch if they can get on a roll this year and they've done that. So to me, the collection of the players from the outside that have come together reminds me of a lot of teams that again, are better as a sum than the individual parts opposite of a team we were just talking about.
3: Mmm, well said. Pioli, I want to talk about Sean O'Hara. If you know Sean O'Hara, he's like the most pleasant, affable man on the planet. So I was very amused when he was on our show last week and he was uh, in as a co-host. And he he had real beef. He had a real issue with Aaron Rodgers, with quarterbacks giving away too much information about their injuries. And then the next day, we came back and we were laughing because Aaron Rodgers propped his foot. Do we have to see that? I don't don't need to see it. Okay, so he puts his bare foot up to the camera, which everyone has seen, to give us the status and details on his toe. What is your take on quarterbacks being so vocal about their injuries?
2: Sorry, that threw me awful. I didn't know if that was toe cheese or cheese curds he had on that foot. Okay. That no. was pretty gross. Looking. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm with Sean O'Hara 100% on this. I couldn't agree with him more because there's a lot of quarterbacks, it seems, Their injury information is getting out either through them directly in the case of Aaron Rodgers or their camp. But it also seems like there's a lot of players where that information, their injury issues, their circumstances are coming out more and more this year. I remember when I was first in the NFL with Belichick, you know, when we started at the Cleveland Browns and it was like top secret information. No one could talk about injuries. It was taboo. No one talked about injuries. But it was never said as to why we couldn't talk about injuries. It was just you don't talk about injuries so you don't do it. A couple of years later, I started to notice that there was this group of coaches and people who believed in not talking about injuries, and it all kind of came from the Parcells tree. But when I was with Parcells in 97, 98, 99, he explained it, and his feeling was this, that if a player was talking about injuries, he was trying to do one of two things. He was either trying to protect himself in case he failed. So if he didn't play well, of course he didn't play well, because there was an injury. But if he played injured and he was successful, well, then he was some sort of superhero and he was bigger and better than the rest of the team and separating himself from the team. And it was something that Parcells really didn't like because it was about the individual trying to protect himself or elevate themselves. So I'm a big believer and come from that camp that injury shouldn't be talked about because really it becomes about self more than the team.
5: Yeah, it's true. All right. Today is the 50th anniversary of the release of one of the greatest movies of all time, Brian's Song. Earlier in the show, we played We In or We Out. So let's ask you a question, Scott. Brian's Song is the greatest football movie ever made. We in
2: or we out? I'm in. Are you kidding me? Brian's Song. Yeah, 50 years ago today, it was released, one of the greatest football films or the greatest football film of all times. Got a it up here, Brian Piccolo, who unfortunately succumbed to cancer was a teammate of Gail Sayers. They had this incredible relationship. It was in the late sixties, early seventies when race issues were at a you know a boiling point, and they came together in this story, this movie, you know, with James Caan. I don't care how many football movies come out, Brian Song is the best football movie of all time. James Conn, Billy D. Williams, oh. as the
5: great Gail Sayers, one of the greatest films. 1971. Scott, let's celebrate Brian's song today. Let's celebrate you as well. Great job on the show oh, as Scott. always.
2: Thanks everybody. Have a great week.
3: Taking a look at the AFC playoff picture, the Ravens at the top, just barely, they've got those Titans and the Patriots nipping at their heels. strikes. What stands out to you here, quickly?
5: The, the thing that stands out, the Dolphins are suddenly back in the picture after we buried them to be dead at the, at, at the end of no- October. They here the they are. Story. It's awesome. More
3: waddle talk. We love it. Back to you, though. Which of the top teams in the AFC do you trust the most right now?
5: When it comes down to it, if you're telling me we've got this team versus any other team, I'm still taking this team, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know you might roll your eyes and say, well, what about the first 12 weeks of this? season. Mm -hmm. I know, but when it gets to January, I know Mahomes has done it. I know Andy's done it. And I know that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to be a problem for whatever defense. So as much as I respect what the Patriots are up to and as much as I love Josh Allen when they're at their best, in January, who do I trust right now? You have to beat the Chiefs before I can pick you to be the team in Mm -hmm. January.
7: Fair. Still going Kansas City. They're Mm -hmm. the champs. Mm -hmm. I want to say the Buffalo Bills so bad. Oh, I want to say the Bills, but I can't. I, my, my, my football eyes will not allow me to say the Buffalo Bills. So I got to go the Baltimore Ravens, and I know you guys are out there looking at me saying – Lamar Jackson just threw four interceptions, but guess what? They still won the damn game, right? They play great complimentary football. Um, I think Greg Roman is going to have a plan, a a, a rushing plan for later on in the season. Lamar Jackson, yes, he's been the top running back for this team, but uh, Greg Roman has also given him tools in the passing game, right? You better cover Mark Andrews. That's a guy that he's always going to throw the football to. And Defensively, they showed me in this last game Mm -hmm. that they can be dominant defensively and win a game strictly off their defense. I think it's the Baltimore Ravens People, you know, you may say, oh, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. It always, uh, you know, it in always putting the ball in the right place. But it's the unpredictability of the way that he plays that gives defenses fits.
4: Lamar retweeted a meme yesterday, a picture of him throwing with the caption, bleep it. Mark Andrews yeah. is out there somewhere. He retweeted <laughs> yeah. it and laughed at it, which it's is really laughing. funny. Uh, I like the Bills too, but I, they haven't earned the trust right now. I'm going to go with a one in three team, the Duncan Patriots. It's about when you play. And in this crazy AFC, if everything's nuts, I just always look to two things. Head coach, defense. Head coach, defense. I'm going with the Patriots. They're the number one scoring defense. Uh Peter, all the virtues you extolled about the Chiefs, <laughs> I've been there in January, like... I got you, buddy. And a uh, uh, Chiefs Patriots AFC title game sounds pretty tasty to me. Patriots, right now, six game winning streak. Defense, Belichick can't, can't beat it. It's
3: so true. Let's take a look at the NFC, guys. This is the current standings, how it shakes out. It looks like a three team race for the one seed in the NFC. The Cardinals will come out of their bye. They have a half game lead on the Packers and sit a game up on Tampa. Right now, Shregs, who do you trust the most?
5: I'm going Green Bay. I'm going with Rodgers. He's playing with nine toes right now, and it still looks amazing. And they're so injured and have so many banged up players, and yet they still win every week. They're only getting healthier. Buccaneers, are, of course, are the defending champions, yet Rodgers and Green Bay haven't even seen their best days yet. They don't even have their healthiest lineup, and they're still winning games against good teams.
7: Yeah, I'm picking Green Bay as well. Why? How come I don't trust the Arizona Cardinals? I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I don't trust them. They won on two or three without Kyler yeah. and DeAndre. Why not? And I still don't
3: trust them. Weird.
7: I like the Green Bay Packers.
4: Zero playoff experience, but sometimes you don't even need it. Listen, I, I have a tough time coming up with the reason why I trust the Packers more than the Bucks, I just can't. I can't get there. I mean, they're great, they may meet in the NFC title game again. Packers figure out a way every year to mess things up, and the Buccaneers, I still think, are ascending. They're getting healthier. I mean, it's Tampa. It's stock. It's chalk. But it's Tampa. It's
3: be- Arizona. I
4: know. And Chiefs, Patriots. yeah. Bucs, Cardinals
3: Patriots. fans, hit us up at GMFB. <laughs> I am with you two out of three. Here, they haven't messed it up in the playoffs. We haven't seen it. You don't know what you don't know.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
8: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
7: Oh, yeah, people really excited about our next guest, okay? He's one of the most dynamic and versatile playmakers in the entire National Football Mm -hmm. League. He can run, he can catch, he returns punts, and he has a perfect 10. Of a backflip. Okay, please welcome back friend of the show, Colts running back, Naheem Hines. Welcome, Naheem. welcome to the show, go, big dog.
9: Thank you guys for having me on.
7: Cool, man, cool, man. Glad that you could be a part of the show this morning. Now, I've been a part of some great Russian attacks. i blocked from Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, among some others. You're part of one now with Jonathan Taylor, but what kind of role do you bring to the Colts' ground attack every Sunday?
9: Um, every Sunday, you know, I feel like I'm a dynamic playmaker, a little bit different than JT, where, you know, he's a, a, the bruiser, you know, I'm the one that, you know, is a lightning, so to speak. And, uh, you know, just watching JT and the season, has happened has been great. But, uh, you know, also for me, you know, my job is to make sure the offense is just efficient when JT comes out. And, uh, you know, I think I've been doing a good job of that so far.
3: Naeem loves seeing you. Welcome to the show. We're all wearing these hoodies. At least we have them here at the breakfast table. So can't wait to talk about your work with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. You and I have talked about this extensively throughout the years and we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, your teammate, he's put the league on notice leading the NFL in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Where does Taylor belong in the MVP race? Because I got to tell you, none of these quarterbacks seem to be running towards it. They're running away from it.
9: Uh, you know, JT fits right in the conversation. Uh, you know, I'm, like like I said before the season, you know, JT was going to put the league in notice notice. Uh, he's taking that next step, and uh, we're all watching it. You know, I'm happy to be a building and help him uh, do that. But, you know, I think JT's running away with it. You know, if he can keep going with the momentum he's having. I mean, they say the QB is what a uh, – they say quarterback is an MVP award, but, you know, I don't really think so. I think any position can win it, and if any position can win it, I think JT can definitely win it.
4: My man, What a guy, what a teammate You really are the whole package JT's running himself into this conversation Very, very often too Sometimes, Naeem, I have to tell people what this is You know what this is This is the angry scepter You know it The uh, the reality show that you're involved with This year right now, Hard Knocks Even had a clip uh, When we uh, showed up on the uh, Colts Offensive meeting room, let's take a look at this
2: Let's get back on this show Right here
8: Let's go
4: back to the baddest
8: man in the league right now. Yes, I said it. This man, Jonathan Taylor on the Colts. He not five times last year. He was the Susan Lucian. They finally won against the Jaguars. Here we go. Uh, uh, get in there quick.
7: Get in there Jack. Yeah. Now watch this. This is my favorite part. He's going to choke his own guy. Oh no. Watch this. Bam. Bam. I love it
4: all right we love hard knocks we love that you're enjoying our show take us behind the scenes of what we just watched
9: uh you know first off you know the Colts we're big fans of you guys show too so uh I'm happy that hard knocks got to catch uh us showing you guys a little bit of love because you guys show JT love every week and uh you know even last year we would play the clips so uh it's really great to you know see that you guys uh that we are watching it and you know giving you guys support as well because you guys have shown us so much love throughout the years
4: Thank you. Love hearing that. But there's love and then there's anger, Naheem. You're a happy guy. You're a happy <laughs> runner in a lot of ways. Are you going to come and get this thing? Because we would love
9: to give you a scepter. What about JT for a sec. You. Are you going to get this thing? You know, JT is the more angry runner, but, you know, I have my moments. Hopefully one of my moments is caught and uh, I would love to go in those scepters. But right now, my dog JT, he's holding it down for us. He's had it multiple times, but I promise you guys I'm coming to get it soon. My
5: yeah, man, uh, We've had some awesome uh, hosts of this show We've had some awesome guests of this show And a lot of times it's people that we grew up watching And emulate, like, to have Chris Carter on We're like, oh my god, watch Chris Carter, Randy yeah. Moss, all that stuff mm-hmm. You guys play the Jacksonville Jaguars <clears throat> And I thought this mic'd up clip was incredible Let's take a listen to you playing the Jaguars And who you looked up to as a kid Playing football as a youth Is that Tavon Austin? I swear that's him
9: Oh, I'm about to get a jersey from him I used to watch this, watch Virginia highlights every day. Every day. High school, every day watch him. Oh, I'm let's to talk to him. I'm going to try not to fangirl. That's my dog. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Look, I got that for you, man. You a goat, bro. Watch your highlights every day, for real. Hey, keep doing your thing, man. That is him. Yeah, come on. You I almost fainted. Respect. <laughs> because
5: a lot of times it's, it's like T.O. or Randy Moss, but those who know, know. Tavon Austin was something different and for you to go and do that for him who probably doesn't get that too often what was that moment like and how cool an exchange and did you get the jersey at the end?
9: No I didn't but uh, you know we play them twice a year so I'll definitely come back around and get the jersey but uh, I mean it just goes to show you that you know NFL guys you know we're fans too of the game we love the game we put so much into the game but we like other players and uh, watching Tavon Austin growing up was amazing any person around my age probably watches West Virginia Highlights he was a A different breed in, you know, college. Watch him against Clemson, score four or five touchdowns. It's it's amazing. So I'm happy to see him, and happy to meet him. And, you know, I'm going to get that jersey real soon. (laughs)
3: Love it. Love having you on the show, Naeem. You are, and you not long ago became the national spokesperson for muscular dystrophy association mda tell us why it's so important to you and today is something called giving tuesday and it's just a day that sort of brings people together across the country to give back to their communities and to causes that are important to them you're part of that with mda tonight and then you're also doing something sunday for the colts texans game
9: Uh, So uh, first off, just uh, having members and uh, family members like mother, my uncle and my grandmother having it. uh, It's always been important for me to use my platform to, you know, help out people in the neuromuscular disease community. And uh, first off, tonight is Giving Tuesday. So we're starting off just having a Twitch on MDA Let's Play stream at 7 p.m. And this is great a great community where nobody's going to judge you based off what you have, the disabilities you have. And uh, I've been a part of it, too. It's been great to play in a stream. And uh, then also this Sunday for week 13, we're having My Cause, My Cleats. This is the sixth year where the NFL has raised awareness for nonprofit organizations. And uh, this year I'm choosing, again, Muscular Distrophy Association. And super excited about it. Uh, the cleats actually have a QR code with me as a, a national spokesperson, With you scan the cleat, my mother, uncle, grandmother on it. So it's something just important to, you know, get out there. And uh, all, all the NFL players are raising awareness. And I'm happy just to have the platform to raise awareness for Muscular Distrophy Association.
7: Well, Nahim, we can't thank you enough for joining us this morning, man. Keep doing your thing. Do not change, man. Mm -hmm. You have the perfect (laughs) attitude that'll keep you in this league for a very long time. Good luck on the rest of the season. Thank you for joining us, brother.
9: Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me.
3: And there's a lot of hope for a cure for those with neuromuscular diseases. Please go to MDA, uh, search it, and donate. You can do a monthly donation here on Giving Tuesday.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan
3: your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually